Welcome to this edition of the Next Level Esports Podcast number 28. I'm extremely pleased to have on this episode the Director of Esports Business for Monumental Sports and Entertainment, Grant Paranjape. Grant, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Manny. Absolutely. You know, I'm really psyched to have you on. We've been friends on, you know, Twitter for a while, that place where people meet and congregate in the esports and gaming world. So right off the bat, you know, we got to start with the most important question, which is what games are you playing right now besides NBA 2K, of course? Yeah, I mean, there's there's like seven days till the the new 2K game comes out, right? So uh, my my days are filled with some shenanigans on PUBG mostly. Um, I am definitely not a pro player at that game, but you uh, you're not uh, getting any chicken dinners anytime soon. I, is I get like, the audience. I get like one chicken dinner like every six games or so. So I, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm doing okay, but it's definitely definitely more for fun still. <laughs> That's not too bad. And how are you doing on Overwatch right now? I I actually just finished placements in Overwatch, so got placed diamond, hit hit my three k. Well, wow, we'll see. yeah, we'll see if I uh, if I grind out GM this season. But um, I'm still waiting for a, a new patch on Overwatch to to come out before that. Wow, that's amazing. Well, you know, if this whole job doesn't thing doesn't work <laughs> out, you know, maybe you could turn into a professional Overwatch player because I think there uh, there's this little league coming up. But yeah, we, there's we, a there's a small little thing called <laughs> NWL, you know. Yeah, the little thing about that, you know, <laughs> that people have talked about. So you know, let's get right into it. So you know, before we get into your role at you know Monumental Sports Entertainment, let's start with your background in gaming and esports. You know, when and where did your involvement start? Yeah, well, I guess, you know, if we if we want to go all the way back, it would actually be when my, my dad bought us an N64 back in the day to, to play Super Smash and, and GoldenEye on. Um, but, you know, obviously, I, I'd say, you know, things kind of really started, you know, getting going for me around high school. I, I began playing World of Warcraft at a, a pretty high level. Um, so, admittedly, I was a, a PvE nerd. Um, you know, rating 10 mans, 25 mans. Um, and for me, that, <laughs> that was kind of the first time that I, you know, saw video games as something that could, you know, be competitive on a, on a really global level. So, you know, we were racing for world first kills against guilds in, you know, South America, China, Korea, um, and everyone's trying to min max, you know, the every ounce of, of power out of their characters. Um, and it was just really, you know, kind of a you know, that's what started the the competitive part of, of me and, and esports. Um, All right. So you've definitely been a, a gamer for a while. And shout out GoldenEye, one of the exactly. best, best first person shooters of all time, in my opinion. You know, so if you play that game, you know, you're definitely you know, positive. In my definitely, definitely one of the best. All right. So you've definitely been a gamer for a while. And then what's been the work side of uh, your life on the gaming and esports world? Yeah, so from there, you know, I think I kind of made the swap like so many others did to to League of Legends, um, you know, now and in, now into my college years. And and from there, that kind of led me to, to working for a coaching platform. So, you know, I worked for SkillCamp um, in between the, the summer of my MBA program. Um, and that was kind of, you know, the first taste of, you know, how esports could translate into a business and also, you know, kind of what it's like working with famous players and, you know, all of the all the challenges that go into to talent management there. Um, and, you know, I think I wasn't so completely convinced that esports could be a viable career path after that. 
but you know, halfway through that year, I, you know, I decided to see if I could make it work. Um, I, I knew I would kind of regret it if I didn't. Um, and, you know, after applying to everything and anything in between in esports, you know, I landed a role at Splice, um, you know, worked there for a year and a half, kind of leading up business development for, for those guys. Uh, it was a truly phenomenal experience and, you know, shout outs to working with, with that team. Um, and, you know, here I am at, at MSC a, a little bit over a year and a half later. Well, that's a fantastic story. And definitely, you know, shout out your time at Splice and obviously the investment that they got. So kudos to you for closing that investment as lead <laughs> business development. Congratulations, Grant. That's a great, that's a great role that you, that, that you did over there. But no, honestly, that's congratulations to the team over there for obviously their investment they got from Delaware North and what they're doing, you know, with Boston, obviously. You know, now let's move over to what you guys are doing um, and your opportunity that you have, you know, at MSA and on your particularly in Washington. So your role at Monumental at, at Monumental Sports and Entertainment comprises of two parts right now. The Axiomatic relationship, where Monumental is the co-owner of Axiomatic, which has a controlling stake in Team Liquid. Ted Leonsis is the co-executive champion Axiomatic, who is a founder of MSC, as well as a managing Wizards NBA 2K League team. Talk to your responsibilities and the goals for both of these. Yeah, so I would I would actually say you know I even have three roles really uh, you know here at three, MSC. three is what you're saying yeah, two, wow. two wasn't two wasn't good enough so we, we oh, had to wow add, add, okay add let's do it go ahead uh, so right now obviously the the focus is on 2K so you know doing a lot of the legwork that goes into setting up a new franchise you know securing a gaming house negotiating marketing rights you know planning partner activations finding partners for the team. Um, so kind of all, all of that is really just the, the initial part of my, my title and, and my job here. Um, and on top of that, you know, we also have 16 other NBA teams who we're, who we're working with to, you know, kind of ensure that what we're building is sustainable and, and it's also, you know, a, a really great fan experience for year one. Um, and, you know, here at MSC, you know, we always want to be a leader in, you know, in the space. So we obviously are trying to lead those discussions and, and keep the ball moving forward, um, which takes up, you know, kind of a lot of my, my day to day. Um, second, second to that kind of right now is, you know, trying to bring some local esports to DC. Um, so I know there's been a lot of discussion surrounding, you know, where a major esports hub on the East coast might be. Um, and I think, you know, with our partners at events, DC, um, some of the other grassroots organizations in the area, you know, we, we really do have a good chance of making that hub right here in DC. And, um, and for people that don't know, Events DC obviously d did the sponsorship with Energy Esports, you know, as well, you know, so that's been great. And you guys have partnered with that team. But, you know, in Washington, it's now, you know, trying to become um, an esports home and hub like a lot of other cities are trying to become. And I think, you know, you're going to see geography play a big role in that as well. But, you know, as you were, as you were saying, along with Events DC. Exactly. And, they, and they've been phenomenal partners. You know, they have a number of venues in, in the area that just makes so much sense for esports. And obviously, you know, their, their connection at NRG and, you know, all across the, the area really, you know, have kind of laid the groundwork for, for building, uh, you know, kind of esports here in D.C. Um, so, you know, as, as part of that, we're obviously, you know, looking at different opportunities to bring, you know, a major esports event here, whether that's a conference or, you know, a competitive event. Um, and then again, you know, kind of activating with some of the universities and, and groups to, to really just start building some regular and structured competitive events uh, in, in the area. Um, so then, as you mentioned, there is kind of the, the third bucket, right? So there is, you know, the, the axiomatic piece, which, as you mentioned, you know, MSC is uh, one of many investors in. Um, so our relationship with them is really one where, you know, we openly share esports opportunities back and forth between the, the two properties. So, you know, looking at, you know, what 
they can activate on and then also looking at opportunities that might be better suited for for MSC. Um, so this kind of just really ensures that, you know, we get the best of both worlds and and make sure that, you know, any opportunities we do decide to get involved with are partnered with the right organization and have kind of the the support, the right support structure uh, behind them. Wow. So three buckets, basically. So <laughs> the Wizards bringing local events and making DC more of an esports home. And then along with Axiomatic doesn't sound like a really tough job at all. You could probably do that nine to five. Yeah, uh, exactly. Fairly, fairly easily. Yeah, yeah it, it, should, it should be. It should, it, it should come to you uh, naturally. But that sounds like a fantastic opportunity, Grant. And congratulations on getting that. So, that, you know, let's so now let's focus on, on that first part or the first bucket, as you mentioned, which is, you know, the Wizards. NBA 2K League team for now. So this is the first true integration of a gaming publisher, 2K Sports, and a national traditional sports league, the NBA, to produce something similar for esports that's existed on the traditional sports side, which is obviously the NBA. So a few different areas related to this and the overall league. So my biggest question related to the new NBA 2K League is that you won't be playing as a virtual LeBron James or a virtual John Wall, but you'll play as Nick from New York. The players or athletes, as I like to refer to them, that get, you know, quote unquote, drafted by the local team, get their own avatars and play as themselves in the NBA 2K League. This seems very challenging from a fan perspective for me. Do you see this as challenging? And, you know, how will the Wizards yourself try to solve this? Sure. And, and, you know, I think I, I don't even really see this as a challenge so much as an, an opportunity, right? So um, instead of situations where, where players might be restricted to, you, you know, using their local markets, NBA teams, players, um, they do have that chance, as you mentioned, to create, you know, a unique virtual avatar. Um, and in doing so, they can really build their own brand both out of game and in game behind them. Um, so, you know, rather than having fans of the team cheering for virtual John Wall, um, they can cheer for our actual players and, and, you know, become fans of both the avatars our players choose to use, as, as well as the, you know, the player behind the, the character. Um, you know, in terms of MSC, you know, I think we can do a lot to help with that aspect of things, particularly, you know, building up these individuals' brands. So whether it's telling the story of how they chose their avatar, you know, maybe the, the particular haircut that they that they like to rock in game um, as far or, you know, going as far as, you know, how they became competitive at 2K. Um, we have, you know, a, a very large production staff here at MSC that that is ready to really tell the stories of these players um, and create a brand identity for them that will last, you know, for for years to come. Yeah, no, I think that's really interesting that when you talk about, you know, building up the players as, you know, from an amateur perspective excuse me, building up their brand and something inside their game, what's reflective of, you know, their haircut, maybe even their tattoos or their sneakers that they wear, you know, that, you know, I think that's, that's really, really interesting. So, you know, looking forward to seeing that roll out as, as the league, you know, rolls out very soon. Um, you know, the next, the NBA has announced that the athletes will get flown to one location to ensure the best broadcast quality. You know, first, I think that's great from a production perspective, but more importantly, travel costs are very expensive, you know, myself, you know, running versus sports, you know, having, you know, be, you know, athletes and players in their, in their, that are 19 and early 20s, you know, cost is prohibitive if travel isn't covered by the team. So this is really good that it's being covered by the league that's doing this. Do you think there are opportunities to have the virtual team say, play at halftime during a game between the real teams, say between the Wizards and the Knicks? 
Yeah, no, that's that's definitely a great idea. And I think it's something, you know, the the league wants to move toward, you know, after after year one. Um, so, you know, integrations with, you know, the Wizard brand are, are kind of one of the reasons that we were one of the first teams to raise our hands to participate in, in the 2K League overall. Um, so, you know, whether it's playing on the Jumbotron at halftime, doing a scrimmage against Wizards players, um, you know, even hosting a viewing party. Um, these kind of synergies are, are what really will make the 2K League so special and, and kind of you know, drive that fan engagement that that teams are looking for. So, you know, we're kind of hoping, you know, fans of the Wizards will become fans of our 2K team. And then also, you know, maybe fans or or just players of 2K will hopefully become fans of the Wizards one day and and come see a game here in, in Capital One Arena. Um, so I think, you know, it's it's not really a matter of if you'll see, you know, a 2K game played on, on the Jumbotron in between games one day. It's just really a matter of of when that's, you know, something that makes sense for, for everyone. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree with you. And I think to that same point, you know, I mean, that would be, you know, such a fantastic opportunity. I can't imagine if I was 19, 20 years old and had the opportunity to see myself playing, you know, on the real court that my favorite player is playing on, right? You know, that aspiration level that esports brings and that normalization, I think, is, you know, is still an area that people still don't grasp. And when it's brought to such a, um, to such a spotlight like the NBA, that, that's really fantastic. And so, so to further to that point, what are you looking forward to most when the NBA 2K League launches? Yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely a lot of things, right? So I think, you know, whenever you have a, a project that at this point has actually been, you know, a, a few years in the making, it's it's really just the excitement of, of seeing it all come to come together. So, you know, seeing all of those discussions, you know, the, the one-off phone calls and, you know, those really early meetings that, that everyone really likes, um, culminating into, you know, a, an awesome fan experience. Um, that's something special that, you, you know, you don't really get to see that often. Um, and, you know, kind of on top of that, you know, I, I think I'd be remiss not to say, you know, watching our team win um, our first game would, would obviously be a dream come true, depending on, you know, who they end up playing against. But Hashtag it, go Wizards. Hashtag go wizards, right? Yep. Um, so, you know, whoever I think, you know, whoever we end up playing better, better watch out. But no, I think, you know, just seeing kind of the, the you know, the culmination of, of many people's and, and many teams efforts to really pull this league together um, will be a really, really great thing to watch. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be fantastic. And, you know, speaking of the league, um, when I pre-announced that we were recording this podcast, you know, it got a great reception on Twitter. And I asked the audience, you know, uh, I'll ask, ask some questions and I'll pick, you know, what I thought, you know, were some of the best ones and I actually found two that were actually thought were fantastic. Since instead of picking one, I'm actually asking you two uh, directly from the audience. And what I want to say is, you know, I think, you know, from what you've seen and from your this uh, reaction across social media um, and across the gaming and esports communities that, you know, people are really looking forward, you know, to the launch of the league. And I think when you hear the questions, um, you will see um, uh, the line of where people are coming from and how enthusiastic they, uh, they are to participate. So this one comes from at Chase D2K. And his question is, how big of a role will self-marketing play? Meaning, is it up to them, the players, athletes, to get their name known, or will they seek them out, meaning by the league? I think that's a good question. I think, you know, to clarify that is, I think you've already addressed what's going to happen once a player gets drafted and goes up and how the league is going to build the brand. But let's start from the beginning. And I think to his point, which is, how does a player or athlete get noticed? Yeah, no, definitely, uh, definitely a great question. And I think, you know, audience, uh, audience questions are always the, the toughest, right? Um, yeah. 
So, you know, in terms of self-marketing, it, it won't really play a major role in terms of players entering, you know, the, the draft for, for 2K and being picked, picked up by teams. Um, 2K and the NBA are, are working hard on developing, you know, a number of in-game metrics um, for players to be evaluated off of. Um, you know, this obviously, there's kind of more to come on this, uh, you know, as they're developing it and it gets finalized, but it'll definitely be something that will be released so that, you know, the general 2K community can know you know, kind of what, um, you know, what metrics teams are teams are really looking for. Um, but I think, you know, I'd say the overall gist is that if you're a top tier player in the game, you'll have an opportunity for a team to pick you up. It's, it's very much, you know, you don't need to go put yourself out there on Twitter. Um, you don't need to, you know, pull up people's DMs. It's very much, you know, if you're a top, if you're a top player, player in game, you know, teams will have an opportunity to find you. Um, and I'd say, you know, the biggest role that social media and self-marketing can play is that you you know, just kind of ensure that you don't have a negative appearance on, on those platforms. Because um, that would be kind of the only way to take away from from that. I think that's a fantastic point, Grant. And I want to second that point as well is, you know, you see a lot of action, so shall we say, occur sometimes. Um, and I think, you know, uh, people, you know, need to realize that social media precedence is such a great importance in terms of their brand and what it means to teams, um, you know, going forward as well. So I think that's a fantastic point. Uh, the second question from the audience comes from at the green release, which is a very interesting name, um, a question about scouts. How does one go about building an esports team around NBA 2K? And I guess, well, I'll add to that. Is that even possible with the current structure with, you know, being associated with professional NBA teams outside of basically becoming their agent? Yeah, no, and definitely, uh, you know, a great question. And I, you know, I think, you know, before the introduction of E-League, you would have been pretty hard pressed to, to build a team in 2K, right? It would have been, you know, a pretty manual process, you know, reaching out to top players individually, evaluating their in-game performance, you know, looking at their social, um, looking, you know, and trying to gauge their overall professionalism. Um, and instead, you know, now with 2K and the NBA teams, you know, all these top players will be aggregated in one place, um, you know, allowing these, you know, franchise teams to draft the best players. Um, I think, you know, with a, a lot of the behind the scenes work that 2K and the NBA are putting in place to, to really define these top players, um, you know, I'm personally pretty confident that we'll see only top tier players participating in the E-League. Um, so I think, you know, outside of kind of being one of these franchise teams looking to, to put together a team, um, it's not really something that, you know, anyone else could, could kind of do. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. So, you know, it seems that scouting and how to make the team is, is such a central question. And that seems to be a recurring theme, again, that I see about the NBA 2K League on Twitter. Talk about the potential to build up an amateur circuit or league that eventually feeds into this larger pro league. Or are you kind of doing that already in this ranking system that will lead up to the pro league? Yeah, so that's, uh, you know, I think that's definitely something we'll want to ensure happens down the road. I mean, you know, with colleges and local grassroots organizers, you know, across the country and, you know, specifically being huge in D.C., there's there's really no reason we wouldn't see a 2K amateur league a few years down the road. Uh, I think first and foremost, though, you know, the focus has to be ensuring the stability of the professional scene, um, you know, even going so far as, you know, to expand it to all 30 NBA teams. Um, but I think, you know, the potential for structured and, and organized amateur leagues is definitely there. It's just, again, kind of a matter of, you know, once the pro scene is built, you can then kind of take 
some of those resources who have been working on that and, and devote them to really, you know, crafting an organized amateur league. Yeah, I think, you know, the opportunity for Amateur League across, you know, multiple varieties and genres of esports hasn't really been, you know, developed yet or the sure. infrastructure hasn't really been implemented yet. And I think that's a fantastic opportunity for a, a much longer uh, conversation, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah, so it hasn't been announced yet what distribution platforms the NBA 2K League will be shown on. Um, Monumental Sports Network offers an OTT platform that includes the Mystics, the Valor and other content. NBC Sports Group, which is invested in Monumental Sports Network, recently ran the Rocket League tournament, which the finals were shown on NBC Sports Network. So I think you know where I'm going with this. Could we potentially see esports on the M- MSN OTT network sometime in the future? Yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely something, you know, continuing to add esports to MSN is, you know, kind of a major focus of ours moving forward. Um, so, you know, for instance, we recently aired the the Quake finals at QuakeCon, you know, with that million dollar prize pool on our platform. And it oh, was really? Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah. So esports is already uh, already oh, here. Already on there. Well, I did not know that, Grant. My apologies. No worries. It's it's here and it's it's on MSN. So you know we're we're also hosting you know some of One Up Studios you know original programming with their their piece on Team Liquid called the uh, Squad, um, you know which has also gone over really well with our audience. So you know I'd say with the addition of the two K team, you I mean you can expect more more esports content on MSN. You know both original programming with the team, uh, live events. And, you know, it's something that, you know, we'll just look to continue to expand as, as we, you know, add additional titles to, to MSE. Yeah, no, I think that's fantastic. And so you just talked about, you know, the overlapping content. I think that's really interesting. You know, you just talked about the series that includes Team Liquid. Then obviously there's the axiomatic relationship. So in terms of the creative value, right, that, you know, a company like yourself can bring in terms of content, distribution, sports, esports, gaming, there, there's, there's so much involved in that. You know, I think, you know, that's why, you know, companies like yourself and MSC are, you know, going to do such a good, such a good job in this space because they're involved in so many different areas that esports plays in versus just one single silo. And I think that's, I think that's fantastic. So we got to end with obviously, you know, the, the most important question of all, which is, you know, now you have this professional headshot, you're in the suit, you've got your arms crossed, you're all professional, like Gordon Gecko, Wall Street-ish, 1980s, you know, do, do you, do you miss your Santa hat avatar on Twitter? Does that, does that bring back some really tough memories for you? You know, <laughs> I'm not sure I'm Gordon Gecko level yet, but we'll we'll get there one day, right? Um, no, I, I was actually, you know, a, a little sad about changing the the Santa hat. Um, you know, that was kind of uh, a picture from my my first esports event actually um, that I ever attended. Uh, <laughs> Which was that was, uh, Spring Split 2015 NALCS Finals in Las Vegas. Um, nice. Yeah, and it was actually you know the the first event that I attended was Splice. Um, and, you know, I think whenever you transition to a new organization, you know, there's always a little feeling of sadness for for the brand and, and you know, coworkers that you kind of left behind. Um, but there's also a huge amount of excitement for, you know, the, the new role here at MSC. And, and, you know, we have a fantastic team here. Uh, and, you know, even even in just three short weeks, you know, you'd be amazed at, you know, kind of what we've accomplished in terms of, you know, really launching our esports department and, you know, growing, growing kind of our presence there. And, and I really can't wait to to kind of show the world our, our efforts with the launch of 2K and, and you know a number of you know other awesome announcements to come shortly for esports. So no, I mean 
definitely a little bit of sadness, but a, a lot of excitement and, and, you know, really looking forward to the, the future here. Absolutely. And Grant, I, I'm sorry, I, I think you might have broken up there. You, you said some awesome esports announcements. What were those awesome esports oh, announcements yeah. you were going to mention? All, all, all those awesome esports announcements. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk about those later, Manny. I we'll talk about those later? <laughs> okay, all right. Well, we'll promise we'll talk about those later. Well, Grant, listen, thank you so much for appearing on the Next Level podcast. Really, really appreciate it. And again, no, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. It was, it was a blast and looking forward to do, doing another one soon.